Thank you very much. Well, how do you follow a gentleman like Ted Turner? You can tell the Braves must be winning today. <laughs> and they are, to be to surely. But it is nice to be here, and it's honored to, to uh, be on a dais with uh, so many distinguished guests. You know, and I love the applause because um, I don't know whoever uh, quoted the phrase that fame was fleeting, but I really know what they mean because I think it's brought home by kids more than anyone else. Now, I've been out of the game over seven years. This is my eighth year out of baseball, and when someone says fame is fleeting, I know exactly what they meant, because I went to a, a school not too long ago to, uh, it was career day, and they invited me to make a little talk on being a professional baseball player, so I said I'd be more than happy to come by, and uh, I got there, made my little talk after the uh, program was over, one little kid, it's a grammar school, and you're talking about kids, uh, what, 6 to 12 years old, and when you really stop and think about it, half of the kids weren't even born when I stopped playing. The other half were in the sixth grade. Some of them heard of Brooks Robinson, some of them didn't. But anyway, one little uh, youngster came, and he was waving a book. It was called The Brooks Robinson Story. And he said, Mr. Robinson, he said, you know, he said, boy, am I glad to see you. He was in the third grade. He said, you know, this book was terrific. He said, but I thought you were dead. <laughs> then I had one youngster ask me if I played with Babe Ruth, and I said, no, son, that was, <laughs> that was way before my time. But the thing that really topped it off, one youngster brought 23 bubblegum bubble cards. You know, I played almost 23 years professionally. And every year you play, they put out a bubblegum card with what you did the previous year. And uh, one kid had 23 bubblegum cards going from the first year I played, 1955, right through my major, major league career, 1977. And I said, son, I'll be glad to sign all of them, but why do I have to sign 23? He said, well, since you retired, it takes 23 of you just to get one of Reggie Jackson. <laughs> So, when they say fame is fleeting, I honestly, uh, I realize that. <laughs> uh, I do the television games now for the Baltimore Orioles, and I also am um, partners in a management company uh, called Personal Management Associates, which represents some players and news people. And uh, being out of the game for seven years, uh, sometimes I sit back and try to reminisce or find the reason that Brooks Robinson was able to play almost 23 years professionally. You know, it was tough. I almost didn't get a contract. Uh, I got out of high school in 1955. Uh, I signed for $4,000, which was the major, uh, the minimum, uh, major league minimum at that particular time. I couldn't run. I had a very average arm. I was an outstanding fielder. The big question mark was, will Brooks Robinson ever hit? And uh, I often wonder, well, you know, what was the reason that I was able to play in the big leagues for 23 years, or almost 20, 21 years? And it comes back to one thing, love for the game. I think my love for the game of baseball overrode everything else. Uh, the fact is that when I was in the eighth grade, I wrote a booklet on my, what, my vocation or what I wanted to do when I, I grew up. And I wrote it on being a professional baseball player. I went to high school. I didn't play football because I didn't want to take a chance on getting hurt. I ran track just to get in shape of baseball. But my whole life revolved around uh, being a professional baseball player. That was my dream. And I think everyone should have a dream. I mean, it's, it, dreams come true. You can take a look right here. I just, uh, that was really... Uh, what I wanted to do. And, and when you're 16 or 17 years old, I think you're pretty presumptuous when you think that you're going to make the big leagues. But I thought I was going to make the big leagues, and I did. And uh, I ended up playing almost 23 years. I think that uh, uh, if, if I was to tell young people who might want to aspire uh, to be a pro athlete, uh, and I think you can use it for any facet of life, is you don't have to have all the ability to attain your goals. 
It's that simple. You don't have to have all the ability to, you know, you look around in the major leagues, there's 600 players, and I bet you five of them have 100% of ability. In baseball, when you have, we talk about having 100% of ability, we talk about being able to hit, hit with power, run, field, and throw. And maybe five guys can do that. So what does that tell you? Uh, you don't have to have all the ability in the world. I've been to spring training many, many years, and I've seen uh, players that are six foot two, run like a deer, throw, and I say to myself, boy, that guy's going to be a great player. He's going to make it to the big leagues and have a great career. And you know what? Never makes it. You see a guy five foot ten, and you kind of hold your mouth like this and chuckle to yourself, and, and you say, well, how in the heck is that guy ever going to make it to the big leagues? And you know what? He makes it to the big leagues, and he plays for a long time. There's some intangibles. You can't, you can't look inside of a kid and see if he's got the desire, got the determination, the will to, to give 100%. And believe me, not only in ath athletics, but everything that you do in life, that's what it takes. Believe me, I, I just I feel that. I think that I was very fortunate in growing up in Little Rock, Arkansas. I had two heroes growing up. One of them was Stan Musial from the St. Louis Cardinals. The other gentleman was a, guy, uh, the, was a football player by the name of Doak Walker three-time All-American from SMU, went on to have a great pro, pro career with the Detroit Tigers. And I went to hear him speak that, uh, one night when I was in high school. And what he told me that night was probably the most important message that I ever got in my whole life. And I tried to uh, use that message not only in playing baseball, but anything I do now. Someone asking the most important thing in becoming a success in life. And he said, well, it, it's a very simple message. He said, I, I, I call it the three Ps, practice, perseverance, and prayer. As you know, you have to practice to do anything well. Nothing comes free. If you want to be a success in life, you've got to get out there and do it. It's not going to come your way unless you do it. By being persevering, uh, everything is not a bed of roses. Along the way, you're going to have some hard knocks. Things are not going to go your way. And, uh, you know, I, I just can't emphasize enough don't get discouraged in whatever you do. Life is not easy. Life is not simple. It's not supposed to be. So just remember that. You have to persevere. And then he said the third and most important P was prayer, the act of honestly praying to God to help you in everything you undertake. And I think if you do that, you will be a success in life. I've enjoyed uh, my two days here with all of you. Uh, you're an inspiration to me to, to see uh, all of you here. I have uh, three sons and a daughter. And uh, I'm just very proud of them, and I'm very proud of you for being here today and hearing all these gentlemen tell you the things that help make them a success in life. Thank you very much. Do we have time for a few questions? Yes. With all the uh, new emphasis in sports on um, how much money people are making, I know it's really negative, and how do you feel? Do you feel um, that it is affecting younger children as they're looking to um, athletes as heroes and they're seeing that they're more concerned about how, much, how many millions of dollars they're getting for a contract rather than how well they can play the game anymore? No, I, I don't think it's affecting uh, uh, children or young people. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, who's worth a million dollars a year, $800,000 a year? I think the players know it's ridiculous. You know, and the way they rationalize with it, they say, look, don't blame it on me. Uh, blame it on this crazy society we live in. We live in a, a hodgepodge, a fun-loving, a sports-orientated society that's where the... Uh, the uh, what I'm, let's see, you live in a hodgepodge society where the importance of your job really doesn't dictate how much you're going to make. You know, if, if we lived in a society where the importance of your job dictated how much you were going to make, then I'd say that 
people who work in cancer research or things of that nature should make the most money. But that's not our society, and that's not reality. It never will be. But, and I just, I don't think that, uh, you know, young people, uh, they, they probably aspire to be a professional athlete because they realize there is a lot of money involved in it. But I don't think it should be a, uh, a negative thing for a young person when he thinks about uh, a baseball player making a million dollars a year. Because the players know that, uh, uh, I think that, as I said before, they know that, you know, they're not worth a million dollars a year, but that's the going rate, and that's what they're being paid. I hope I answered your question. I confused myself. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Thank you.